0: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
1: Caroline, you should tell them about the newest thing that Bloody Happy Hour is doing. A Patreon. It's a Patreon. What is that? Um, That means you're
2: basically like a VIP member and there's two different levels that you can, you know, subscribe to and you get you get some perks. You maybe get, like, merch a little earlier. You get... Or exclusive merch. Exclusive merch. You could get um, first dibs on signing up for a live show. You get
1: episodes with no commercials. You get our video because our video is no longer available on YouTube. It is only on Patreon. And the most important to me is you get videos of our live shows. So if you are far away and you couldn't make our last live show it will be on the website we're going to record this future live show it's going to be on a patreon but also bonus episodes each month you guys tell us all the time you want more episodes this is a way for you to get more episodes so you're going to get our basic tuesday thursdays that we always put out right but if you're on a patreon your vip you're going to get more. I
2: can't wait to talk about in detail some more stories because I always have a lot of details I want to go to. I can law-splain. I might read a book.
1: <laughs> they just unsubscribed. <laughs> they, this is also going to be the exclusive place that Dirty Chat is going to go to. So if that is breaking some of your hearts, just go ahead and subscribe now. In order to hear the full content, it's going to be Patreon. Where do they go again? patreon.com slash bloody happy hour don't forget to stay aware stay alive and always be DTF
2: hey y'all I'm April and I'm Caroline and this This is is your bloody Bloody happy Hour.
1: hour Caroline are you ready for this this is your newest guilty pleasure it's the bloodiest part of your week did we say something
2: about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour.
1: Bloody happy hour podcast. Your favorite true crime
2: podcast. It
1: is. And before we get started... This is the last time you're going to hear our voice before Saturday. And what is Saturday, Caroline? Um, that's a live show. It is the live show. OMG. Bloody Happy Hour is two years old, and we are celebrating with the live show. And we are also celebrating the coming out of Dirty Chad podcast. Oh,
2: and that involves um, maybe a possible... Give up some- I'll give you a little a little teaser. There it involves a holiday. Yeah, maybe your favorite holiday. It involves possibly a syringe,
1: but not the traditional way you would use a syringe.
2: It involves um a call, a 911 call. Yeah, it does. And uh, that's should, um Yeah, you should just stop there.
1: The tip, that's just the tip. You're just getting the tip. Listen, and when we say teaser, this is like a 20 minute teaser. Maybe a 15-minute teaser. Caroline is going to tell you, episode zero is how everything ended, like when everything just like fell apart, like when she knew Dirty Chad was the dirtiest of dirty. Yep. Yes. Okay. And you're going to see a whole different side of Caroline. And so
2: for any of you who are new or first-time listeners, because I know I've come across some people recently who um, have heard about it and they've asked about this and, um, this Dirty Chad situation was, uh, I was married to a guy, um, and he did a lot of things that were similar to Dirty John, which is the show that you may have heard of, but there was just a lot of deception, um, and, you know, just kind of changed my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it's just it's just uh, it was a three years of a lot of um, peaks
1: and valleys, but mainly valleys. Yeah. And Caroline's unleashing all of that on this podcast. So you guys, if you're at the live show, you get to hear it all. It is Saturday, seven o'clock. Cultivate 712. Downtown Waco. We will have alcohol, beer seltzers, and wine for you to purchase. And there's only $25 tickets. You can DM us to send you the link, or you can just go to our Facebook page or go to our um, website at bloodyhappyhour.com um, and register. You can even register at the door. Oh, look at that. Yes. It's so that is it. We will see you Saturday. Do not let us down for our second. Birthday. And bring a friend or two or three or four. Yeah, 14 of them. Second, on the list, we want to shout out some of our newest Patreons. OMG. First on the list, our eyewitness level is? Jessica or Jessica. We have, is that Joe Botto? That is Jessica Joe Botto. Um, we also have Dawn Turner. Oh, Dawn. She put her whole name. Oh, she does have a cat for a profile, Dawn. Oh,
2: Dawn. I won't oh, hold wait, that against oh, you. Is that from uh do they, do they how do they we're gonna have to make that not an yeah, option? Yeah, we're
1: we're gonna t- take the cat option yeah, we're away. Take the cat
2: option. It could be a fox. It could be a fox. Maybe it's a I'm fox. We'll go with the we'll
1: fox. Go with the ti- I'll take a tiger. We'll
2: say tiger I, or I'm fox. Gonna, I'm gonna
1: say fox and you can say tiger. And then we have Krista Wisehart. Mm. Krista and then Haley Wilson. And then I just met this girl this past week at the t-shirt place. <gasps> oh, Isabella. Isabel yes, yes. She was she um actually saw the dirty Chad shirts before most of you guys. So, shout out. Thank you all to our first Patreons. What is Patreon? Oh, you should tell them. Oh. Okay. A drink of my Malibu rum. Oh, well, I'm going to get a drink of my Deep
2: Betty's cuz I'm bringing it back I'm bringing it back to deep Eddie's we
1: always go back to Eddie
2: um Patreon is where you can go and you can sign up and you can get a little you can get some perks you can get some exclusive actually that's where all of the Dirty Chad um catalog is going to live yeah so if you want to hear anything about that story you kind of got to sign up for to be a Patreon member because you know I got I kind of have a to keep my job (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not really going to be a lot of, bu- I mean, it is, it's all, it's my whole life. Yeah. So if you, uh,
1: y- you also you get bonus get, episodes,
2: you get bonus episodes, you're going to get the dirty Chad, you're going to get, um, you never know. I'm, I, I might come on and read you a book. I don't know. I might read a book to you, <laughs> but yeah, you'll get some, some perks and, uh, there's a couple different levels.
1: Um, Whenever we have gear, you'll get first dibs on the gear. First dibs, yes. A um, little bit of a discount on the gear, and you'll just be our, our patrons. You'll be our VIPs. Yeah. Um, and that is it. That is all with the housekeeping. I think we should get started with the story because we're going to New York.
2: Oh, but I do have one other thing. Okay. I was going to work out this week. Okay. And I ran into a listener. Which I actually ran into two former campers. Okay. Or one former camper and, an, and a friend.
1: Tell um, new people what you mean by camper.
2: Oh, so I used to be a, uh, like a boot camp instructor. Yeah. And so I did that for 10 years. So the place that I'm working out now, um, I was going in early morning. And one of the people who used to come work out with me every early morning was there. And um, it was her and then a girl I went to high school with. And then another lady who was a listener, and the two girls that I that I knew were like, yeah, you should come work out with us at this time, blah, blah, blah. And the listener was like, I listen, I love your show. And she's like, yes, if you come, I'll add to your Idaho fund. And <laughs> I was like, you are a
1: true listener. Because then the other two were like, Idaho fund? What do you mean Idaho fund? And I was like,
2: oh, my gosh, you're
1: so you are dedicated. So... Speaking of Idaho fund, we do have a happy hour fund. We do have a happy hour yeah, fund. Yeah. Um, w- today we're drinking yeah. on some Malibu and some deep eddies. But if you want to contribute to our happy hour fund, you can. Or Caroline's Idaho fund. But there's not going to be a trial. Well, there is going to be I a mean, trial. I mean, a pre-trial. The, for the, the
2: Idaho summer. fund was for the Coburger pre- the pre-trial hearing, which they Canceled. canceled because they did a secret grand jury hearing. So, the Stephanie, what you gave us, it's going to go straight to our next Bottle. alcohol purchase. purchase tequila, we'll tequila. You know. But you can, um, you can cash app us or you can um, Venmo. Venmo us. Bloody happy hour. Both at bloody happy hour.
1: So, buy our next round. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, it's fine. All right. We're going to New York. I'm always in Texas, so I'm going... Far, far, far away. Total opposite of Texas. would probably be New York. Yeah.
2: And now a word from our sponsors. I'm your puzzle pal, and I'm going to tell you about my latest obsession, Wongo Puzzles. These things are the real deal, folks. They're high quality, handcrafted, and perfect for anyone who loves a good challenge, but doesn't want to dedicate their entire kitchen table to puzzles for a week. Trust me, I've been there, (laughs) and I might still be there, but I got one of these actually for Christmas. I loved it. I did it, and I was so proud of myself. And they have all these cool designs, and you need to go to wongopuzzles.com and use our discount, BHH. You get 10% off. And I really want to know if you'll order one of these puzzles. What would you think about it? Because it's so fun, and I need to order, like,
1: five. Cure Hydration. If you are obsessed with your hydration like i am this may be something good for you this is something that is so easy forget about the gatorade that just dehydrates you even more and if you don't like the taste of coconut water try cure hydration you can go to my offer link it is slash bhh20 This is vegan. It's no added sugars. It's just a little packet you could put in your water. Or if you're really smart during happy hour, you could put it into your Tito's. It is just as effective as an IV drip. And it's if you don't not like the taste of water, it's not as boring as water, not as sugary as the sports drink. And if you're an athlete, it'll give you the best performance. Or if you just get brain frog or headaches because you do not stay hydrated. Brain frog? Brain fog. <laughs> the brain solution fog. is cure hydration. So yeah. go to that link, enter the code. You can go to my offer link. It is A I slash bhh20. Cure hydration the kid killer. This is the kid killer I wanted to do first, and I don't know how I hopped right over him mm-hmm. and ended up doing Paris Bennett from 2 weeks ago. Okay. Um so I'm going back to this guy. Let's play a game, okay? This is c- almost like a I don't know what kind of game this is, and I'm just going to make it up. Okay. When I say a category, you're going to say the se- first name that comes to your head. Okay. Okay? Okay. So cult What's I the I first I cult I that I comes I to your head? David Crush. Okay. Rich
2: of idiots, just because. Serial killer.
1: Ted Bundy. Um. Killer mommy. Well, uh, Lori Vallow. Okay. <laughs> uh, kid killer. Uh, Paris Bennett. Okay. <laughs> so you do the ones that are the most recent in your brain. Yes. Okay. Okay.
2: On the spot,
1: yes. Okay, on the spot. Yeah, I tend to do the ones that are like ingrained. Maybe the first ones that I've learned about on yeah. that case. Like, so I for me, it would be David Koresh, but would, my killer. I, yeah, I wouldn't be happy with
2: my answers. Okay. Yeah.
1: My my serial killer would probably be um, Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. Yeah, but my kid killer wouldn't be Perry Bennett. It would be a guy named Eric Smith. And y'all are going to be like, who the hell is Eric Smith? Who's Eric Smith? No, I have no idea. But I guarantee if you guys look oh at hell. the picture of Eric Smith, you will be like, oh, yeah, Eric Smith. He is probably the very first kid killer that there was that went viral. He is the redhead, freckle face, big he had on big glasses. Is that from little rascals? <laughs> he does not <laughs> He looks like little rascals. He looks He's like alfalfa. No. <laughs> no, it's not.
2: Well, was is he a ch- was he a child, star, a child star? Yeah.
1: He's the very first kid killer there. Was you never seen that face? Yeah,
2: but I thought it was <laughs> little rascals when I saw that picture. I'm <laughs> going to go find it now.
1: Okay. So, Eric Smith, we're going to go to 1993. That's alfalfa. I know.
2: I'm thinking about the other kid with the red hair. What? I don't know who I'm thinking about, but, yeah, he does look familiar. Mm-hmm. It was a very, like the, not
1: the very first one, but the very first Maybe one that went viral. Was on a
2: movie. Okay. Wow. Okay.
1: Redhead, freckle face with glasses. We're going to go to Savona, New York, 1993. This is a small, quaint, like, little town or village And they only had about a 1,000 people there. So that means they had, like, one grocery store, one vet, one doctor. Everybody knew everybody. Now, let's meet a little boy named Derek Roby, okay? Okay. Derek Derek Roby. I'm about to tell you about it. You don't got to read about it. Um, He was a beautiful blonde hair boy, and he was an all-boy. He loved sports. Especially baseball, he loved climbing trees. He was very loved. He was very popular, very friendly. He was only four years old, but he's about to be five. Um, and some people refer to him as the mayor of Savona because he's the little boy that, like, if you were out in public, he knew your name and he was speaking to you and he was waving to you. Like he was just a very friendly little boy, okay. little Derek Roby. Okay. Now it's summer of ninety three on August second, and four year old Derek Roby was participating in like a summer camp that you do in the summertime. So it's wasn't even like a like a sports only camp. It was just like a summer camp that the kids can go to to during the the day. And
2: you like go like swimming, yeah, hiking, or
1: like a Y camp or something like Mm. that. Oh, oh, yeah. and the summer camp was like one block from his house on the street that he lived on and he lived on like a dead end street and at the end of his street was like a park and that's where the summer camp was mm-hmm. held at okay so that's the visual for you now every morning his mom would get up and wake him up and her and her baby brother would walk her baby her little brother or his little brother Dalton would he, she'd put Dalton in the stroller and they would walk little Derek down to summer camp every morning right mm-hmm. little 4-year-old Derek well this morning on our on August 2nd Derek's baby brother was like extra fussy and she just couldn't get things together and she couldn't get out of the house and Derek was going to be late and little Derek was like mama I'm going to be 5 I can make it it's right down the road I know where to go and she was like no <clears throat> just wait I'll get you there I'll get you there but the baby just kept crying. I'm going to be five? <laughs> you know, little kids are like, I'm grown then. You know, when, when you go to that next age, like, they're grownups, oh right? So God. mom did not want to do it at first. But back then, like. Yeah. In this town, like, there's no crime. These are like the cops that sit around and twiddle their thumbs and they eat donuts and have toothpicks in their mouths yeah. all day long. Yeah. Like, they yeah, don't yeah. do yeah. anything. So she was like, okay, just go straight there, go the way we go. So little Derek was so excited, gave his mom a big hug and kiss, said, I love you. And he walked on the sidewalk going towards the park. Well, she had to go and get little brother taken care of. And um, shortly after, like within like five minutes, a storm cloud covered the sky. It got really dark, and then rainstorms came down, like, within five minutes. So um. she said she just got this horrible, overwhelming feeling oh no. of panic. So she decided to race to the park to go pick them up, because this was an all-outdoor park anyways, from what I can tell. So it might it was going to get canceled anyways, and it's yeah. not like she was going to work. This was something for her kid to do. Yeah. During the day, during the summer. When she got to the park, looking for little Derek, she found out that Derek never showed up. Mind you, it's like only 10 minutes in, but he should have gotten there like in two minutes. Like it's that close, right? Yeah. So she panics. Five hours later, researchers Sorry, searchers found Derek's body in a patch of woods and just a few yards from the park where he was supposed to go and just like a few hundred yards from her front door. Oh, wow. So within five minutes, somebody had got him. Can you text her? I'm listening. Um. When they found him, he had been choked and beaten to death with a big boulder, like a big-ass rock. He was sodomized with a stick. His shoes were off and placed by his hands, and his lunchbox was open. His banana was squished like somebody had purposely stepped on it. And then this killer poured Little Derek's little Kool Aid out of his lunchbox, all over his body, in his bloody wounds. So here's the wounds, and then here's Kool Aid poured
2: all into the. Wounds. And he just w- the wounds was from this rock. Yeah. Well, like h- yes. We hit him on the head. Yeah. or What?
1: Mm-hmm. He was strangled. He was choked, and beaten with multiple rocks. But mm. then, like one of them was like a big boulder rock that yeah. was crushing his head. Um. Now of course, small town a thousand people. Oh traumatized. My goodness. The streets were like quiet. Nobody was outside. Kids were not playing outside. Kids were not at the park anymore. Parents kept their kids close because they just knew there was a stranger in town. Like oh, somebody yeah. out of town came into their town and took one of their kids and killed them. Um and how s- could somebody do such a horrible thing but the town was about to soon find out that the killer was a lot closer than they ever could have guessed so now of course the police are asking people in the community for info and now this small town police department they are DTF they're down to find they're they don't they don't become like lost and like not know what to do and like half you know Half investigate this, they interview every single person in that town. What did you All see? 1,000? Where were you at? Yes, oh, sure. and for probably a small. Nothing th- nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and probably for a small police department, that was probably a lot of their time. Oh yeah, they're like, we finally have a murder. <laughs> we we have something to do finally. <laughs>
0: Now a word from our sponsors.
1: All right, if you love smoothies or if you love your protein in the morning, you need to get you a BlendJet. And you can do that if go into blendjet.com. If you enter the code BHH12, you get a discount. And let me tell you, these things are portable. They are easy to use. They can fit in your cup holder. You can have it at home or you can have it in your office like I do. Right this morning, I had my blueberry banana one Mm, with some chia seed. Wasn't chunky or anything? It was very smooth. When I have it in my shaker, it is a little chunky. So this is a great alternative. I love it. it is battery powered, so all you have to do is plug it in every two weeks and the battery never runs down. Oh my gosh,
2: I love battery powered things.
1: Go to BlendJet's and order you a Blinjet and get a discount. Thanks, April, for sharing.
0: Did you know you could be putting oil and chemicals in your coffee? I love coffee creamer, but I don't think I've ever turned the bottle around to actually see what's inside. When I did, I found out many of my favorite creamers contain ingredients I would never intentionally add to my coffee cup like canola oil, dipotassium phosphate, ew, and artificial flavors. Laird Superfood all started when big wave surfer Laird Hamilton needed morning fuel that could allow him to spend the entire day chasing the ultimate wave. He couldn't find anything in the market that met his ingredient standards, so made himself the ultimate plant based creamer. Laird Superfood started and launched its first product, Original Superfood Creamer, in 2015. Laird Superfoods contain no artificial flavors, colors, or additives, and no sugars from highly refined corn syrup. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel. In to your routine. All Laird products are also made of all natural whole food ingredients and they are crafted from the highest quality all natural real food ingredients. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused and supported? Go to lairdsuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code BOO at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today.
1: So this Smith family knew that their son Eric was out riding their bike at this time. Oh. And Eric also lived in this area and he too was going to be attending that same summer camp. Yeah. Eric is 13 years old. Okay. Now, um he was a his hair y'all is like fire red. He is freckle faced and he is a funny looking boy with these big glasses. And if you look either on our page or just Google his pictures, his glasses are humongous. They are the typical cereal. They are like the glasses. Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Yes, but he also has this big piece of tape, like in the middle of his glasses, like they had broken, and his parents just put tape on them to put them back together.
2: You know what? I have a friend who did that, but it was <laughs> in school. No. Like in recently, real life right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. And, but it was taped around the side, yeah, not in the middle. But then they had to order new glasses, mm-hmm. and so they're waiting. Anyways, and that's typically when yeah. it
1: happens. Like you only have one pair, and you need you're them a to see. And
2: you have to have your glasses.
1: Well, and back then it took a long time to get glasses to come in. Now you may can get them like within a couple of days. But I guess back if the then it took a long time.
2: Available, and he had some. His ears were down. Yes.
1: He had some crazy, like, some physical characteristics that, um, people, that people later said that his mom, like, his ears were really, really low. Said that his mom had to take some anti-seizure meds um, while she was pregnant. So that could have contributed to, like, his low ears and, like, his horrible vision. So it's kind of scary, like when you're pregnant and you're also it's on like a lot of prescription fetal drugs. Yeah, looking, I
2: I thought I had that for a little bit. <laughs> I,
1: I think I got it right now. <laughs> um, so when they talked to Eric, he said, "Yeah, I remember seeing Derek." So she hurried him down to the police department. Her the mom was like, "You saw Derek? Okay, let's go. Yeah, let's go tell the police what you said." So they, he'd go down to the police department, and he was questioned. And he did tell the police that he saw Derek eventually. And he, they felt like, okay, we caught a break. Eric saw Derek, and he saw him right in the area where Derek's body was found. So they asked him, they took him out there. They said, let's go out there, show us where you were on your bike, show us where you saw Derek. Could you see what Derek had on? He said, "Yeah, Derek had on a Tasmanian devil shirt." Oh, could you see that Derek had on like his lunchbox? Yeah, it was kind of cool too. He had on he had this lunchbox that had this on it, um, and I think he had like a banana in his lunchbox. Like he was like telling too many details and was kind of excited about these details oh instead of God. not. And so they begin to realize that Der- 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 Eric. Could have been, what had to have been a lot closer to Derek than what he was saying. Like, he was saying he was way over here on the street, but how could you see all this stuff? Yeah, why do you know he had a banana? How would you know he had a banana inside of his lunchbox? So when they brought him back into the, because um, they questioned him multiple times, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. When they brought him back into the police department, he began to put his hand in his face, and he says, y'all think I did it, don't you? Y'all think I did it? And they still, at this point, was like, no, a kid could not have done this. Maybe he saw somebody, and this somebody has threatened him. So they wanted to keep questioning him to maybe to get out maybe who he saw around Derek. Yeah, like that Maybe he saw. Maybe yeah. he went to the crime scene afterwards, right? Yeah. They were. They still didn't totally think. So they said, "Here, we'll bring you something to drink." They happened to bring him some red Kool Aid, and he flipped out and threw the like knocked the Kool Aid on the ground, and they were like, "Okay, something mm-hmm. else is going on." Meanwhile, it's been five days since the murder and they have to lay little sweet Derek to rest. Mm. They bury him in his T-ball uniform cuz he loved T-ball so much and he um his father was his T-ball coach. Aww. 2 days after the funeral, 13-year-old Eric confessed to the murder.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: To his grandpa and some other police department, his grandpa was the chief of police. Oh. Can you imagine? You're the chief of police, and your grandson I is his the one. <laughs> okay. Now, his mother was, of course, devastated and shocked. So when his mother asked him why, he put his he- head in his hands, and he says, I don't know. I don't know why. And he just started crying. What? But during his confession. Yeah, he just said, I don't know why I did it. I don't know why. So his confession, he says that on his way to camp, he saw little Derek walking all by himself. He said, he saw I just saw this little blonde head boy. And I'm going to tell you what I think after this. Oh. Um, he told Derek. He was told gay. Derek, No. <laughs> no. Well, no. Nothing came out like that. But oh. keep on. Um, because I'm going to ask you what you think. Okay. So he told Derek that he knew a shortcut through the woods to get to the park. So he was like, hey, I got a shortcut. Come this way and we'll get there quicker. Oh, yeah. So little Derek was like, oh, yeah, sure. So as soon as he got him to the woods, he grabbed him and he strangled him. Then he beat him with the biggest rocks that he could found, one of them Include was a twenty six pound rock, like he had to imagine a twenty five pound dumbbell. Looks small though this, this, this uh, he is Eric. Yeah, I mean twenty six pounds. He's thirteen years old. He's very small in statue stature. Um, the t- one of these rocks he had to like actually dig up. Okay. Okay. Then he grabbed a stick and sodomized him. Yeah, that's a little.
2: You had to have you've you've seen something like that in order to know what, like that that's a thing.
1: Yeah. Um. Or later on, something. Later on, he said that he would. He wanted to reach the heart to stop it so he thought if he stuck the stick up his butt that far enough that it would reach his heart and stab his heart and kill him that way okay he then grabbed his lunch um where he smashed the banana and then poured the kool-aid all over his wounds like the police saw and knew and The autopsy revealed that Derek was dead within five minutes of him leaving his mom. So in the documentary, there's a documentary called Gambling on a Killer. The mom said that she thinks that as soon as the cloud turned dark and that rain came down, that that is when Derek died. Oh, my gosh. That that was Derek sending her like a message. Take a drink. I did. Uh, Eric was charged with second degree murder. At that time. And that was like the most. At that time, that's all he could get. Because there hasn't been a little kid on trial for murder like this. So that's the most he can get. Yeah. At that time.
2: Well, I guess. What was the one I did recently? And you had to be a certain
1: age. Fauci.
2: No. Or you did one.
1: Well, obviously you did Paris. Um Kevin Davis and There Corpus. was somebody who
2: was twelve or oh, it was the girl, the twelve year old who was stabbing, and they're like, Well, you have to be thirteen in order to be tried or whatever. Uh, as otherwise. an adult. So yeah, I guess he was that age. But it's different in each state. Continue, sorry.
1: Um But there still has to be a trial. So he was charged with second degree murder at that time, that's all he could get. But there's and there still had to be a trial and does he pled not guilty? Um well his parents oops. this had just really not happened. This just wasn't a thing back then. So people were like he had to been crazy. Is was yeah. he competent? So during the trial, we learned a little bit more about Eric. As a toddler, we learned, like Paris Bennett from two weeks ago, that he threw temper tantrums. During this tantrums, he often banged his head on the floor. Often. Kay. So, what do we know that is common in a lot of killers is head trauma. Yeah. Um, he also had a very significant speech problem, and he was held back and was bullied relentlessly by kids at school. And nobody stopped it. Teachers at school didn't stop it, but also, like, his mom and dad didn't do, any. like, they didn't go up to the school and try to stop it, mm. okay? His mom said that he got off the bus daily crying because school was so horrible. His clothes would be torn or he'd have like be bleeding. So he was getting tortured at school. He had very few friends, if any. Um, but what I think is worse is if you're bullied at school and you have a safe place at home, that might be a little bit better if you don't have a safe place at home. And it seems like his home wasn't as bad as school, but it wasn't good. It wasn't great. So, like, his stepdad okay, so didn't beat him. His daddy. So, his stepdad, who has adopted him since he was a little baby. So, he's got his mom. He's got his stepdad. Yeah. Now, they didn't really beat him, but they didn't stand up for him. They didn't feel sorry for him. They Like, he was a target. Um, stepdad on the stand admitted to slapping him around like in the back of the head like when he was whining or crying they talked about how he looked all the time they dismissed him and when he would come home crying about being bullied they just told him he needed to stand up for himself
2: I think I feel like that's kind of how it was back in the day and you just like
1: dealt with it yeah but even like stand up for yourself like Give them some skills too. Like, put them in karate, teach them how to fight, yeah. give them a punching bag. Like, either you're a fighter or you're not. So, you're telling give a kid a who's not a fighter. Yeah. yeah. Or s-
2: put them in a club where they can find, f- or I don't know, just be like, hey, go do. You know.
1: So, they knew there was an issue, but they didn't do much to yeah, kind of like help them out. out. Yeah. Um, I didn't really
2: think he was going to like kill somebody.
1: No. <laughs> no. They just basically said, man up, deal with it. Um, But they didn't give them the tools to to deal with it, uh, in my opinion. Right. So also in trial that it came out that he started hurting animals. Oh, here we go. So he had no control at school. He had no control at home. But he could get control over small animals. So he shot dogs with BB guns. He strangled cats and he would drown any little birds that he can catch. He would just stick them in water and drown them. Um did they see him do this, his parents? Well not. um.
2: We That's just what we know later on. They
1: knew about the dogs and they knew about the birds. I don't know about the cats, but the little boy, like he goes through Lots of interviews and stuff. So the little boys telling him a lot of yeah. stuff and I mean when you're a kid you tell things not knowing that it's really yeah. right or wrong. Like yeah. you're just telling the Yeah. He d- just is telling the truth because it's just what he Well he kinda did. does look like Chucky. <laughs> he looks like I Chucky. I think
2: they might have made Chucky after. Based on him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> him. Can you imagine like oh uh, how little redhead boys probably I'm got just glad that my <laughs> friend's <laughs>
2: son is not redheaded because <laughs> he is kind of like Chucky. <laughs> he so doesn't bite anymore, though, so that's good.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Casey. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, <laughs> stop <laughs> talking about my kids. <laughs> um, okay. So he yeah. eventually graduated from animals to obviously a small kid Clearly. that he could control. Mm-hmm. Dad also talked on the stand how one day Eric came into the house and he was shaking, crying, red. His fists were clenched, and he was just saying, I'm so angry, I just want to hurt something, I want to hurt something, I'm so angry. And so his dad said, shut up. And when I, when I was like that when I was young, I just went out in the barn and I just hit a bag. Go hit something. So he flew out the door. When he came back in, his fists were bleeding. His hands were bleeding, and but he had stopped crying. And so they were like, "Well, where'd you go?" He beat the tree trunk in the front yard. Like, I—that's not normal. Like, well, to beat a tree trunk? Okay, <laughs> let me let me just tell you.
2: Let me just give y'all a little. And side make story. yourself bleed. So, when I was younger. I had a very, 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 very bad temper. Okay. I had a cast. My sister signed it in the wrong place. I jumped on the coffee table and broke it in half. <laughs> if something, I was mad, and I hit the turn on the light, the light switch, that little white whatever, and yeah. I would hit it so hard that the whole square from the light switch would come off the wall. I had those big giant red punching gloves Uh because I would get so mad. I would have to take the punching gloves and go outside and I would punch the brick of the house. Wow. And I used it so much, I tore all of the, like, the punching gloves, like, were, like, ripped up because I just would get so mad.
1: People are taking notes on you right now.
2: I just had a horrible <laughs> temper, and I think that's why now I'm just so like because you, you don't I have now nothing. Yeah, I'm. I went from like
1: all the way all to none. That means when you do actually, it's gonna be bad. Well, some
2: like there was there was a time recently where I got uh, it, it. It's it's in there. Uh-huh. It's still in there, and I got so like and so if I get like really angry or i'll just like i need to hit something Uh and it's like it's it's just i wouldn't hit i but then i'm like i don't want to i want to like throw my phone but i don't want to mess it up so i'm i'm logical about it but i'm still i need you need a release but i'm like i don't want to hurt myself but yes, I i mean, I understand the, r- I think I have the rage occasionally, uh-huh. and that's like that rage, but I, I just had a horrible, horrible, horrible
1: temper when I was little. That is so random. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that because not at all. Do you have that now? No. Um, so he did release it. But he But I would at least punch the sheetrock on the wall or something. Right, like,
2: like he wanted to feel like the that pain. pain. I too. didn't want to feel the pain. I just wanted to like get and that it made him feel out. better to yeah. feel
1: the pain and get that energy out because he was bleeding. Yeah. Um so that's a lot of rage. Also during trial, a therapist got up there and diagnosed him with intermittent explosive disorder. That. Dude, that's probably Maybe what you that's had. What <laughs> that's what you had. Um, still a thing. They questioned if he was sexually abused during trial because who y just L- sodomizes? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So as, he had an he was the middle child. <laughs> he had an older All sister hail. and a younger thing. No. And when I listened to T cat to true, true crime all the time and it was telling the story. And so one of them, Mike, I think, who was telling the story, and he was saying how he was the middle child and the, the the middle child is like is a thing, but he said that this is this was not a not a reason or like not an excuse that he was just the middle child and like the trial didn't make a big deal out of this, but his older sister came up came up and went on trial and said that the stepdad abused her.
2: Like, because you don't know if that's just, like, he, he, like, hit her, like, grabbed her butt or if he, like, actually.
1: Well, I don't know. She said repeatedly sexually abused her. So I would say maybe molested her. It didn't say, like, um, if it was rape or not, and I didn't dig deep enough. Yeah. So she was saying Ted, stepdad, probably abused little boy, too. Right. But do you usually do bo- the boy and the girl? Like, it's usually... Like, if you usually do well one I or the other, usually you like inle- the girl or you like the boy. <coughs>
2: unless you're it, I feel like Jared he from subway. is taking his anger out on this little kid, but why would he sodomize him unless... Something like that was done to him.
1: The only thing that they, that, because they questioned him and they asked him why, and the only thing they can get out of him to explain the sodomy, because he denied anybody ever doing anything to him, and they did, like, they did the assessment to see if anything, if he, yeah, there's any type of abuse, like penetrations, and there wasn't, and he didn't make any. Allegations against his stepdad or anything else, hmm. he said that he thought if he shoved that stick, it would go to his heart and kill Derek
2: quicker. Okay, well, how do you even think that?
1: How do you even? And then if you're 13, that?
2: I know why wouldn't you just put it in the heart? How do you even think of something up the butt? Well, I mean. <laughs> At that young of an age, I should say. Well, and they're
1: saying, like, at that young of an age, too, you don't know anatomy. You don't know, like, how anything how the body works. I, I mean, don't know.
2: Nowadays they do,
1: but shit. Yeah. So, hmm. to end the trial, there was testimony that came back. I mean, testimony that said that he was a normal kid at school. Okay. That he was friendly, that he played jokes and pranks on people, he was in an upbeat mood, he was on the wrestling team, he played the trombone and was in the school band, that he loved Garth Brooks and had aspirations to play a con- to play in a country band. So what we heard in the beginning about him being bullied and no friends and terrorized, and then what they heard at the end of the trial, one of the last things that they hear is, oh, nope, he wants to be with Garth Brooks and he's involved and he... You know, it was on the wrestling team. Two totally different things. What? Two varying accounts of his personality. And then one of the last things they saw was they brought in that big-ass rock in the
2: courtroom. Oh, she, that's and good. And
1: made sure that th- they saw that it had dirt on it to prove that he actually Like, was mindful enough to dig Dig it it
2: out. out. Yes. He took the time to dig it up, had to pick it up, and throw it. And
1: pick it up and bash it over the little boy's head.
2: Yeah, and he had to take the boy's pants off and stick the stick
1: in his butt. And then lastly, he visited the crime scene multiple times during the day until the body was found. To just look at it? Yep. So... At first, when he killed him, he took off. Then he came back, and he was like, did they "Is when yet? he messed with the um, lunch. Oh. He took the little boy's shoes off and like placed it by the hands. So he played around with the oh crime scene. And God. He riddled like he enjoyed it. The police said testified that when they went through him and the confession, like step by step." enjoyed the conversation like he talked about it like he enjoyed it oh no mm. oh, so God. what do you think s- the jury's going to come back with
2: <laughs> well sh- i hope guilty yeah but i don't know what the sentencing phase is so. so jury
1: came back really quick and he was sentenced to the maximum that you can get at that time was 9 years to life <laughs> what second degree murder was the only thing he can get nine years to life, was the max that he can get. When was this? This was in 1993. So the Smiths, um, the parents, so Eric's family was devastated because they were like, he's sick, he's mentally ill. You have to be mentally ill to commit such a crime. He should not be in prison. He should be in an institution. Yeah, for his life. The The Robies felt justice for a moment, but then they were like, wow, nine years? He could face parole in nine years? So they could really only rejoice for a little bit because they had to think he could be out in nine years. So, nine years later was 2002, and Eric Smith faced parole, had a parole hearing. Okay. Kay? And course he was denied but the Roby family so you got mama Roby and daddy Roby and then little brother Dalton Roby they um, of course had to went to the hearings and they spoke but they also played videos and had pictures and they were just like we cannot risk him getting out and doing this to somebody else so they felt like it was their responsibility to make sure Eric stayed in jail rightfully so Mm -hmm. agreed right Mm -hmm. so Eric went up for parole every 2 years after that so 2002. Oh god. 2004, 2006, 2008. So at the at each parole hearing they would present with the home videos and they would read the interview with Eric where he described in detail without um, much emotion like the what the either police or the doctors would say and then Eric's response. So they asked him um, if the killing gave him a good feeling and he answered yes, and they asked him why. And when he, they asked him why, he said, instead of me being hurt, I was hurting someone else. Growing up, he was always the he victim even hurt. This was the first time he was ever the victimizer. Like, those weren't his words. But, like, he was always the one being hurt. So it felt good for him not being hurt, like him hurting somebody Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. So it gave him that power and that control that he had never felt like he had his whole life. Because he was, you know, one part of the story is he was being bullied Mm -hmm. everywhere at home and at school. They asked him also at this time, he was younger, um, would he have done it again, had he not gone to jail? And his answer was yes, because it made him feel so, so good. How good? So every two years, they would read that and show the videos, and so that's why he was denied. Okay. Until 2021. Okay. What happened? Um, and clinical psychologist. He's had a lot of interviews, and psychologists. Watch interviews from when he was thirteen, and then on going, and they see that he is now seems more sincere, okay, and that he is apologetic. He, they s- see empathy coming out, and they don't see that s- they see remorse that he grew in emotions and maturity, and his interviews seem very. Um, and his last interview, he said that he wanted to get <coughs> married, excuse me, get a job and have kids and that he wants to cancel, counsel kids who have been bullied like he was oh, so hell. that maybe they don't, um, do what he did. So <coughs> I just wrote down one of his quotes. I want to know <coughs> who
2: his psychologist was because if it was this Lady,
1: No, um, so none of the psychologists <laughs> actually even saw him. They just watched his interviews. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's reassuring. <laughs> so he felt God was calling on him to do ministry and of said course. that while incarcerated, he was working on getting his college degree in crusade evangelism. Caroline, <laughs> he was also looking forward to working in electrical installation or carpentry. He says, I'm not a threat. The 13-year-old kid that took Derek's life is not the man you see sitting in front of you talking. If you were to give me the chance, I would not only prove to you that I'm not a threat, I would definitely be an asset to the society. So the board decided to give Smith that chance. And so he was released in November of 2021. And (laughs) is he back in jail already? Granted parole. It was delayed because he had to find housing. Now, the Savona community where he lived, this is what I thought was crazy. His parents still lived in Savona. There's only a 1,000 people there. So, of those a 1,000, every person there knows that your son was a killer, and you didn't move? You didn't even move two towns over? No, they
2: didn't even move.
1: So, they did a peaceful protest saying that we do not want you back in this town. So... When they found housing for him, they found housing in Queens, New York. Oh. So they interviewed the Robies afterwards. And the Robies said that, yes, he is released, but they feel released too. They feel free. They don't feel restrained by the parole hearings, parole hearings every two years. Because what would happen, it would happen every year at Christmas. So they would get ready to put up decorations, then they'd get the letter, and then they'd have to prepare. So it would ruin the holidays every single year for them. So now they feel like they can live freely. The wooded area where Derek was found was bulldozed down, and they put a baseball field there in honor of little Derek, Mm. and there's a little statue there in honor of him. And little Eric Smith is married is engaged to be married from a lawyer that started writing him when he was in jail. <laughs> I guess I need to go to jail. This is bullshit. <laughs> oh, maybe he's a carpenter, maybe he's a counselor. I don't know.
2: I'm done with this. Do we think Eric's gonna kill again? Yes, he's gonna kill his he's gonna have a kid with this person and he's gonna get mad and kill. Kill the kid. I don't know. I don't have faith in humans. <laughs> I'm going to go live with those aliens who crashed and wherever they crashed.
1: That's why this, uh, the, I saw this, it's called gambling on a killer. So like we're basically gambling on them because these psychologists were like, he seems sincere, but we don't really know don't until know. they get out.
2: And plus people can say whatever they want. Don't believe yeah. anything anybody says. just about their actions. I've learned that.
1: And um, yeah, they know how to fake it. And we don't know until they get out. <laughs> They do it again. You know what? I'm just, it's fine. It's so fine. keep an eye out on, yeah, the, you know what? At least redheads in New York. In New New York. York. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Robin.
2: Sorry about your luck. Well, there you go. Great. Go. Good one. That was a good one. Okay.
1: That was That's good. enough kid killers, f- kids killing kids for a while. We will see y'all Saturday at the live show. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Seven o'clock on the dot. I don't know what we're talking about yet. Know. We won't know until we you show know. up. Yep. But we are definitely talking about some dirty chat. Okay, y'all. Go and rate us, review us, and subscribe to us. And click on the Patreon and go ahead and join so you can get all the bonus episodes. We're recording the first bonus, bonus episode next week. Um, and we'll tell you what it's about. And only Patreon people will get it. Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Bye, y'all.
0: Everybody has a story worth telling. I'm Corey Duncan. On Best Story Ever, I take guests that you know through their most unique and captivating stories. The best part I hear the story for the first time when you do. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Find best story ever on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts.
2: Hola, yo soy Jackie y yo soy Jessica. Y esto esto es Zona del del crimen. Crimen. Podcasts donde hablaremos sobre casos de crímenes reales y eventos
1: impactantes que han quedado marcados a través del tiempo. Recuerden que nos pueden seguir en Facebook, Instagram o donde escuches tus podcasts favoritos.
2: Hey, I'm Blair and I'm Brittany and we're the hosts of By, By the, the, the Cover Podcast. Podcast. We cover everything from mysteries, thrillers, romance, chicklet, and even some smut. Don't forget the smut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to get this thing going and share this with you guys. We've been talking about this for months and it's finally, finally happening. Yes. Special shout out to Rogue Media for helping us with this. (laughs) For sure. For sure. You can find us on Instagram at bythecover underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok, so don't forget to give us a follow on those two also. We are so excited to dive into some of our favorite books and share those with you. We can't wait. Hope you love it. Hi, and welcome to Bustles and Bangers with your hostess, Rachel and Christopher. I love it when you say my name. And you didn't say hi. I didn't. You you just kept going. I'm gonna introduce the book. I'm <laughs> not reading it. It's because I don't like reading. Girls like cowboy butts, you know. And those jeans don't hide anything. Mm. Find us on Instagram at bustles and bangers or on roguemedianetwork.com.